we are kicking off a series on mental health today, um, a four-week series on mental health. We, we just wrapped up the book of Colossians. It was fantastic, was it not? Oh, my goodness. I mean, just, it was so good as we went verse by verse straight through that book. If, if you um, want to check out more about that, you can go visit all of those sermons on our website uh, where we just went straight through and let... Uh, Christ speaks to us about his greatness through Colossians. We're going to take a four-week break um, from verse-by-verse verse, exegetical teaching, which is what we do at Safe Haven by nature, just go through books. Um, and we're going to take a four-week miniseries on mental health. And so the way that that's going to work itself out, I, I get it. You're looking at me going, Troy, I'm not going to listen to you because you are not a mental health expert. To which I say, you're right. That's why we're paying one to come up here for the next two weeks. Um, we're going to bring in Dr. Al Saunders, um, who is a clinical psychologist, a founder of Wellspring in Birmingham, um, elder at Briarwood Presbyterian. Um, he's going to come for the next two weeks. And uh, so there you can, you can be like, you don't know anything. And I'll just look at you and go, you're right, you're right. But he does. Um, and so we're going to have him come in and, and speak specifically on one week on anxiety, worry, fear, the next week on depression itself. And, and, and he's going to get heavy really quick. It's phenomenal material. Uh, me and Tyler had a chance to listen to a bunch of it on the way back from Huntsville uh, just last week. It's good stuff. Um, so be here for that. Invest and invite. Um, invite your friends. Let people know. Come, come, come. Hear this guy. Um, it's going to be great. Um, alas, this week you're still stuck with me. So... Um, with that said, we're going we're to kind of go through a little bit of what we do know and what we can proclaim. Um, Tyler will do the last week in the series. I'll do the first week in the series. We're just going to look at today, does the Bible say anything about mental health? Does it say anything? Um, but before we get to that, maybe to set our, our, our tone, um, I, somebody called me from um, Arkansas who was some friends of ours, and they have a five-year-old boy, and they were just kind of sharing a story um, you know how you like to share stories of your kids. This, this was a really good one, but I think it's fitting. Um, they were sitting around, and you may do this in your house as well, where you just kind of at night scream across the house um, to the different kids. We have three kids, and as they were growing up, we used to scream across the house at night. Um, can you get me some water? No, God gave you legs. Get your own water. Um, can you come tuck me in? Quit being a sissy. You know, I mean, like, these are, this, that's my house. Um, yours is far more loving and gracious, I'm sure. Um, but they were kind of having one of these dialogues where they were screaming across the room, and, and the little five-year-old boy um, screamed out and said, Dad, would you, would you come and turn on the hallway light? And the mom screams back, Your daddy's asleep. And then so the little boy screams to his sister and says, Will you come turn on the light? It's, it's dark in here, I'm scared. And the sister says, no, you need to grow up. And so then the little boy screams to the mom and says, Mom, will you come turn on this light for me? And she, being very caring, said, listen, Jesus is with you. You don't need the light. So there was a long period of silence. And as Brad tells the story, the little boy, with confidence and an aha moment, screams back, Hey, Jesus, if you're out there, can you turn on my light? <laughs> and that's kind of where we're going to go through this series. We in life face very real issues, very real fears. 
And what does it look like to know and to see the presence of a very real Christ in the midst of our hurt? That's it. Is that possible? And that's where we're going to go. So we're going to look at some Bible verses today. And maybe we can just uh, see if the Scripture does say anything. Because if the Scripture doesn't say anything about mental health, then we can just go our merry way and make up anything we want to make up. If it does say something about mental health, then we have to abide by that and to align our lives to that. Um, so let's just look at this, some, some verses. Deuteronomy 31.8. I'll be, begin back in the Old Testament. It is the Lord who goes before you. He'll be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. So do not fear or be dismayed. Psalm thirty four seventeen. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Psalm 46, 1 and 2. God is our refuge and he's our strength. Always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear, even if earthquakes come or mountains crumble into the seas. What a timely verse that is, right? Isaiah 41, 10. Fear not, for I'm with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God, and I'll strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Fear not. Uh, uh, there, I stuck a fear in there. That's not there. Uh, not as the world gives do I give you. Uh, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which ourselves are being comforted by God. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 that we read just a minute ago as our call to worship. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy 1, 7, For God did not give us a spirit um, of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Now, here's the deal. I'm going to stop there because I could go on and on and on. Did you know that the command, fear not, is actually commanded over 365 times in the Scriptures? So I think we could readily say the Bible has something to say about mental health. And not only that, but it's got a whole lot to say about mental health. And so I'll I'll admit to you that 250 of those times are definitely times in the scriptures that are specific commands to specific people. But 70 plus of those times are very general, do not fears, with nothing specific. So this is how many times that this is commanded in scripture. So it, it speaks to us. The Bible has a lot to say about it and a lot of Meaning. I've got a, a, a phrase up here or, or a quote by A.W. Pink, the theologian. This is a great quote. Here's what he says. Worrying, therefore, because of all these verses, is as definitely forbidden as theft. You ever thought about that? If the command is do not fear, is commanded over 365 times, 
then it's, it's just as equal as the command, do not steal, do not murder, do not lie. It holds that equal weight. He goes on to say this, this needs to be carefully pondered and definitely realized by us so that we do not excuse it as an innocent infirmity. Did you catch that? Don't we do that often? I know I do in my own life. When I'm anxious, when I'm depressed, when I, I have a slight issue with OCD. Some of you guys know this. As a matter of fact, if you have any pulls with Mississippi State, their logo is all kind of cattywampus. Went there yesterday. I think we need to burn the whole field down to just be quite honest. But when I feel myself in trying to gain control and all that kind of stuff, I'm very quick to just pawn it off and go, oh, that's innocent. But if it's commanded 365 times not to do something, it's not an innocent infirmity. He goes on to say this, The more we are convicted of the sinfulness of anxiety, the sooner we are to realize and likely to perceive that it is most dishonoring to God and strive against it. Great words from a great theologian. So our our four-week journey is going to be to look at it. Look at it as a bee hovers around a flower from various different angles. And just kind of perceive, okay, what can we learn about this fear that rises up in us? And, and, and um, So what we're going to do is this. We're going to look at who I really am this week. Um, and then we're going to look at what is anxiety, worry, fear. Then what is depression, clinical. And then Tyler's going to wrap it up in the last week looking at because of who he is, what can we practically flow out of this? Does that make sense? I feel like that was a lot. Um, I hope it makes sense. If it doesn't, catch me afterwards, and I will point you to someone who understood what I said, because I'm not sure I understood what I said. Johnny will cover that for you. Um, I want to look at one verse today, Isaiah 43.1. simply says this, Do not fear. It's another one of these verses that we didn't read. Do not fear, for I've redeemed you, I've called you by name, and you are mine. So if this verse is true then what the scripture says is meet what often overwhelms us with what is really true about us. You you take the infirmity of the mental health issues and you meet it with who you really are. That's the formula that's basically given there. In other words, I'm struggling mentally with whatever it is and I combat that with the greater truth of who I really am. This is that but this is who I am, and I think this is all found in this passage. Let's look at the three things that this passage says is true about you if you are a believer. Really fast. Number one, you as a believer are redeemed. You're redeemed. That's who you really are. So when all these mental things come in your brain and, and tries to pound you with your no good, you don't match up, you da-da-da-da-da-da-da, Scripture says the first thing you need to do is not fight that with, oh, yeah, I can, I'll can. i show you I'm good enough, is to fight it with, no, 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 I am of the redeemed. Reminded of who I am first. So you are redeemed. Yes, we really experience decay, but we're no longer slaves to fear. Galatians 4, 7 says it this way. So you are no longer slaves, but a son. And if a son, then you're an heir through God. So our our freedom from decay's bondage was bought out. That's what this word to be redeemed means. You were bought out. 
Yes, you were really a slave to bondage, your mind, your body, everything that you have. But if you're a believer, Christ on the cross bought you out of that. He, he paid for it is what redemption means. A price had to be paid, and, and Christ was that. And so this is the chance to share the gospel. I know some of you guys maybe grew up in a church where the gospel always kind of funnels to the end of the service, and then there's an invitation offered. Why we wait to the end of the service? <laughs> Here's the gospel. If you are not of the redeemed, you admit that you're a sinner. You believe in Christ's substitutionary righteousness for you. You commit your life to Him. And then you, you, you believe that those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the hope for you. In this world, you, you really are in bondage in your sin. You have no way out. And this is on you. It's touted around the community or, 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 or a lot of times, ah, I better not say it that way. We'll say it this way. Here's what we believe at Safe Haven Church. It is your responsibility to call upon the name of the Lord. Call on Him today. This is on you. Call on Him if, if you don't know Christ and you can become of the redeemed. And so for those of us who are redeemed, we've traded in those cuffs for the key that Christ gives, and we're trusting in Him. And so now we're no longer bound by our fears. We're no longer bound by our doubts. We're no longer bound by those things. We're bound by who we are as set free in Christ. That's who we are. And so the gospel is available to you today. Number two, remind yourself not only that you're redeemed, but you are called by name. So yeah, we experience real loneliness and, and control issues and all this kind of stuff, but... We as believers are no longer unknown. We're known. So when isolation sets in and you're anxious and you just want to go huddle in the room and say, nobody knows me anyway, so I'll just sit here, that's not true. That's not true of you. If you're a believer, you are fully known. John 10, 27 says it this way. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. So, not only were you bought out by the ransom purchase price of Christ, but you were brought in. You, you have a seat at the table. You don't have to sit in the closet by yourself. You know what it's like to sit at a table where you're welcomed. It's funny. Um, our house has kind of become this... I'm looking at some of the people who come around to our house quite often, and it's, it's just a madhouse. Like when you come in, like if, if you've never been to my house, like the people who are here that have been to my house, like I know we're brothers and sisters because you're like, he's crazy and I'm crazy, so we'll just all be all crazy together. Like you've experienced that. Um, it, it, a lot of people who have visited and then come to our house and leave, they're like, that dude's just crazy. <laughs> but at our table, there are no strangers. It's nuts. People kick their shoes off. People laying on the couch. People come in, just teenagers come in and eat all the food. You know, I've told you about it before, and I'm like, stop eating my food. Like, or either bring me some money. You know, it's, they, I love it. It's, it's just good. We're just, we're just family. When you're prone to find yourself anxious and mental health issues and all that kind of stuff, what Scripture says is remind yourself you have a seat at the Father's table. You can kick your shoes off with him. You can eat his food. You can joke. You can laugh. That's who you really are. Don't bind to the lies that the world tells you that you're not. 
believe Scripture. You were bought out, but you were also brought in. You have a seat. You're known. You're called by name, the passage says. And then finally, as we wrap the time up, number three, you're his. (laughs) You're his. So yes, we experience real mental battles presently, but we are positionally secure in his righteousness. Great verse. I couldn't think of a better one. Romans 8, 35 through 39 is probably some of you guys' favorite verse. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Think about mental health. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness? I need to do a little study on that. I'm not sure what that's talking about. Or danger or sword, as it's written. For your sake, we're being killed all the day long. We're regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. But no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. There's your answer. How are you a conqueror? Through him who loved us. For I'm sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anxiety, nor fear, nor worry, nor depression, nor whatever, nor control issues, nor anger issues, nor whatever. None of this in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So not only were you bought out and brought in, but you're secured forever. That's who you really are in Christ. And all I can think about through this, it's just like a kid who has a toy, right? And they hold on to that thing, and they're like, that's mine, that's mine. And we look at that as annoying. We're like, stop fighting and just share. But I think what this passage is saying to us, if you're a believer... It's like God has a firm grip on you and says this. No, that's mine. That's mine. Mine. <laughs> and we don't want to look at him and go, no, you can share me with whatever you want. No, no, no. We, he says that's mine and he holds us dear and near and that's who we are in him. So takeaways. Do not fear is a clear command, just as clear as do not murder. So let's just not wink and nod at it over the next four weeks. Let's don't just kind of go, oh, anxiety, fear. That'll be okay. Let's don't wink and nod at it. If it's important enough for the Lord to give us 365 commands against it, let's press in. Let's don't be afraid to press in. Let's, can I ask you, let's be vulnerable and just see what the Lord will do over the next four weeks. Even the big strong people, I've got, not me. i got it all together. Stop. No, you don't. No more than anybody else in the room. Let's be vulnerable and just see what the Lord does. And let's not let our mental health issues metastasize to those around us. Because when we're gripped by them, you can bank on it. Somebody around us is going to be gripped by it as well. Let's don't press it on other people. Let's, let's press in. That's number one. And then number two, takeaway. Mental health begins when we take real fear, what the passage said, and view it through the lens of his real response, who we are. Anxiety says you cannot be at peace. Christ says, I am your peace. Depression says there is no joy for you. 
Christ says, oh, there's overflowing joy for you. Eating disorders say, your answer is found in what you eat or don't eat. And Christ says, would you consume me and let me be your sufficiency? PTSD says, you are defined by what happened in your past. And Christ says, I've conquered all definitions of your past and given you a hope and a future. Perfectionism says, you're going to lose control if you don't hold on tighter. And Christ says, you never really had control anyway. And I have all control. John 16, band, come on back up. John 16, Jesus says this, I've said all these things to you, that in me, in me, positionally in me, I hope you grasp that today, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. So if you came today looking for practical how-tos, well, we didn't go to that today, because, like I said, I'm not the doctor. We'll let Dr. Saunders address some of those things. But biblically, the how-to is as simple as, what are you looking at? Where's your focus? Where's your gaze? Is it on the fear? And is your focus now presently on Christ as all-sufficient? In all things, in all questions, in all worries. Dr. Gary Collins says it this way. According to the Bible, there is nothing wrong with realistically acknowledging and trying to deal with the identifiable problems of life. To ignore danger is foolish and wrong. But it's also wrong, and as well as unhealthy, to be immobilized by excessive worry. Such worry must be committed to prayer to God, who can release us from paralyzing paralyzing fear or anxiety and free us to deal realistically with the needs and welfare both of others and of ourselves. You will never hear us throughout this series saying, oh, your issues aren't real. You will never hear that at Safe Haven Church. What you will hear is this. Church, we may be broken, but we'll never be abandoned. Would you pray with me? Well, Lord, we, we launched today, we launched this series, and we commit it to you. And by God's grace, yeah, by God's grace, as the upcoming weeks get super practical, and some steps, if you will, I pray that you are sovereign over those steps, and press into those steps, and you meet us in those steps, and that you help us in those steps. <laughs> God, you know my garbage. Would you help me with the fear of man that I struggle with? Would you help me with the the need to control just stupid things? God, I don't want to count stairs when I walk up on them. Just dumb things, Lord. Would you show me how you're so much greater than those things? Would, Would you help us each in our point of need practically? But man, by God's grace, would we see that our answer is in you, yourself. Become to us 
not a dead hope. Become to us not a Jesus who was stuck in the grave and then all of a sudden entered into heaven. Become to us a very real, very present, very practical, living 